Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome, welcome. We are excited to be with you again this Sunday evening for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah. I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And after taking a couple of weeks off for our missions trip to Brazil, we are back and we'll continue our series in the book of Romans. As always, we would love to hear from you and we would love to pray for you. So we have call screeners standing by to take your call at 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine. I want to give a shout out to Eleanor and Jean and Sandra and Kirby. We heard that you'd be listening tonight for the very first time. Pastor Matt, I talked to a listener this week as we did the call screening for our radio replay, and he told me that he had been praying for our missions trip to Brazil. Well, praise the Lord, Mike, and we can say that God answered those prayers. And yeah. we had a wonderful time in mm-hmm. Brazil. Twelve of us went down into the area of Guiana and ministered in a few churches down there and met some wonderful mm. and sweet people yeah. and heard their dynamic singing and fellowship with a great missionary pastor who started six churches and now is beginning a seventh church. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's just like the, a motor that doesn't stop, <laughs> yes. missionary Ram Rivero. So, yeah. But we had a blessed time and thank God for safety and opportunities of ministry mm. down there in Brazil. And mm-hmm. it's, it is good to be back. We are yeah. back live. This is not a tape show. <laughs> yeah. And it's good to have Esther with us. Uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Han, for being with us once again. And and I know you're coughing a little bit, so uh, listeners, if you hear her cough, she's here. And uh, she picked up something from one of our team members in Brazil who picked it up from somebody else. So, uh, Dr. Hunt, thank you for being here, though you're not feeling uh, absolutely the greatest. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, God bless you. And it was a joy to serve with you in Brazil also. Yeah, it was such a blessing. Yeah. And tonight we have a very special panelist for the very first time, Sister Stephanie. And all those people that Micah shouted out to, I think they're your friends listening Stephanie, so say hello to everyone and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversation program tonight. Thank you, Pastor. Um, Good evening, everyone, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Hello to Sandra, Bitesh, Rochelle Yadid, uh, (laughs) Eugene, and Eleanor, Kirby, and and they're all listening, and they were so excited that I'm coming over and and be a guest in the panel. Well, thank thank you. you. Yeah, thank you for being here. And why don't you just share as well with the listeners, I think it's quite interesting how you came to our church. Uh, So could you share a brief testimony about how God brought you to Heritage Baptist Church and even to the program tonight? Sure. Um, I've always been listening to uh, radio ministry Mm because I really learn a lot, and God has used the radio ministry tremendously uh, for my understanding of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I used to listen a lot to your show at night, even though I was going to another church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I visited your church when you were in a different location like three times. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit, and I stopped going to church. And somehow the Lord put in my heart, 
your you know your church and I said let me check out heritage what's going on and I found out new location so I went and I came and very wonderful bible believing church and then I was sitting and you I remember one Sunday you were giving out the um communion mm-hmm. and you said those of you who are not baptized yet it is best not to take the communion and i've been a christian for a long time mm. but because of my background for whatever reason i haven't been baptized and our dear sister pressy mm-hmm. came to you tattled on me yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. Yeah>. and <laughs> said she's not baptized because i didn't take the communion and then you came to me and we discussed about Ooh. baptism and you were going to baptize some people and i came and Praise the Lord. Praise I was Lord. baptized and I became a member of this wonderful Bible-believing church. That Amen. is a blessing and that was Amen. a joyful, joyous day to see you and a few others get baptized. And dear listeners, maybe you're out there tonight going to a church, but maybe it's not the right church or maybe you're floating around. You used to go to church, but no church now. Come out. Check us out. Heritage Baptist Church on Sunday. We meet at PS3. That's 490 Hudson Street. Uh, right in Greenwich Village. And this Wednesday, we're having a very special service at our Heritage Ministry office at 633 3rd Avenue at 715. It is our missions conference this week, so we're excited about that. We'll be starting Wednesday and finishing next Sunday. But this Wednesday, very special service, opening night of our missions conference at 633 3rd Avenue. We'd love to have you. And give us a call if you have any questions about that at 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine, dear friends. Well, praise the Lord. So we are going to begin this evening in Romans chapter eight, Micah, mm-hmm. and yeah. this is without question one of the great chapters of the Bible. So we're going to slow it down a little bit as we come into Romans chapter eight, but we're going to be in just verses one through four tonight as we introduce Romans chapter eight and talk about how there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Mm. So let's read the passage in Romans chapter 8, and we'll begin at verse 1, and we'll just go down to verse number 4. And I'll begin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans 8, 1-4. Okay, thank you. Let's pray together. Now, God, open up our hearts to receive your word. Open up our minds to understand it, and to see the riches that we can have from you through Jesus Christ. So take this time and bring salvation to those who are lost, deliverance to those who are ensnared in some sin, and be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So no condemnation in Jesus Christ. That's the victory cry of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 7 ends with the sigh of a captive. When I say a sigh, Paul sighs, O wretched man that I am, Romans 7 verse 24. And then there's a shout of triumph, but then he says, I thank God 
through Jesus Christ our Lord, anticipating mm-hmm. Romans chapter 8. Yeah. And Romans chapter 8 almost begins like a song, a song of a free man. There is therefore now no condemnation. And in the original language, the first word of the actual original language is the word no. And so it begins very powerfully with a negative, but it's a, it's a positive mm-hmm. negative, yeah. because it's no condemnation, therefore, mm-hmm. to them who are in Jesus Christ. And that's why we can thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, dear friends, mm-hmm. because by the power of Jesus Christ, we are delivered from the wrath of God. We are delivered from the condemnation mm-hmm. of God when we are in him. Mm-hmm. So here's how I kind of break down Romans chapter 8. With that word no Uh leading each point. Number one, there's no condemnation. That's verses 1 through 17. Verses 18 through 27, there's no frustration because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Even though life can sometimes be frustrating and there is a groaning. We're going to talk about the three groanings. Mm. And I love that in Romans chapter 8. But we have the Holy Spirit And so that ultimately we overcome life's frustration through his power. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit in us, because of what Christ has done, there's no separation. So I love that outline. Mm -hmm. There's no condemnation, no frustration, and no separation. Mm -hmm. Now, in Romans chapter 7 also, whereas the key words there were the words law Mm -hmm. and I and me, the key words of Romans 8 are the Spirit, Mm -hmm. the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set me free, made me free from the law of sin and death. So we're going to talk about this tonight. Before we get into the specifics of verses 1 through 4, Romans chapter 8 is Mm -hmm. such a beloved chapter in the Mm -hmm. Bible, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So let's just talk for a moment maybe about what some of your favorite verses are or your favorite verse Mm -hmm. from the book of Romans. So, Micah, we'll start with you just to share what's your favorite verse in Romans chapter 8. Yeah, well, there are two verses from this chapter that I quote quite frequently. You know, the first one probably makes me Captain Obvious because it's Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I quote that verse because I truly believe it. You know, we did a study not too long ago on the life of Joseph from Genesis. And the whole story of his um, this amazing man of God, you know, it can be summed up by the single verse, Romans 8:28. You know, a lot of terrible things happen to Joseph over the course of his young life. But when seeing it all in hindsight, each hardship was a necessary part of molding him into the man that God created him to be. And the same is true for all of us who, uh, you know, all things work together for good. The second verse that I quote often is the first part, the one that we just read, Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And we'll get into the larger meaning of that verse in just a moment. But one takeaway from that verse is that Christians should not live in condemnation of themselves. Mm. And, you know, I often talk to Christians, particularly men, who condemn themselves for some past sin or some missed opportunity. And I gently try to tell them that God doesn't want us to condemn ourselves. Yes, Mm. if we did something wrong, we should try to right that wrong if we can and certainly not repeat it. But we have to understand that living under condemnation of the past is forgetting our new position in Christ. And it only holds us back from fully living out our future in Christ. So those are yeah. my two favorite and, verses. You know, in Romans 8.28, I have to say that that's probably one of the most off-quoted verses. Of yeah. course, John 3.16 takes is number one. But <laughs> yeah. Romans 8.28 yeah. has to be right up there. Do you know mm-hmm. why? 
because it seems that things often go sideways yeah. or just mm-hmm. things are actually going awfully. Mm-hmm. And we wonder, how could God allow this? Mm-hmm. Why is God allowing this? Yeah. But that verse is such a great comfort. Mm-hmm. We know, he says, and we know. Yeah. Not we might think of this might, but we know that all things work together for good. And read the whole verse, though, as you did, to them that love God, to those who are the called. So, Esther, Dr. Hahn, what is one of your favorite verses so for Romans me, um, it's verses 15 and 16. So it says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, where we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Mm. So, Pastor, as you may recall uh, from my testimony during the recent uh, Brazil mission trip, I talked about the use of scripture to combat 60 days of childhood lies of the devil, which had become the basis of some negative thinking and negative behaviors, which I had allowed into my life. Mm -hmm. So these verses are one of those quintessential uh, biblical scriptural truths, which confirms my identity and my position. Like Micah was just talking about position as mm-hmm. a child of the Most High God. And mm-hmm. just to keep remembering that mm-hmm. is Amen. to keep reading yeah. these over and over. And you said that today the in, the, in the sermon today of just daily just going through the scripture. And that's how, yeah. you, how you transform. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's powerful word is the transforming work in our life. It changes our mind yes. and renews our mind. So, Stephanie, yeah. what is one of your favorite verses in Romans chapter 8? Uh, my favorite is Romans 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the mm. dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Um, this is one of my favorite verses yeah. in Romans 8. Because it is very powerful verse that I will never fully understand, but I accept it. Mm. How much our Lord Jesus gave us generously, mm. individually, a priceless gift. Yeah. Because he loves us. The Amen. very same Holy Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is dwelling in us. Yeah, if, amen. If, that is powerful. If we think about it, we should all be walking on water on a daily <laughs> basis. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That the same power that raised up Jesus is this power working in us today. Mm-hmm. And that is so good. God is so great. I'm going to go with this as my one of my favorites. Okay. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, that the Spirit helps our infirmities and specifically, the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings mm-hmm. that Amen. cannot be uttered. And, and, that, that's, and the, the, so the Spirit helps us to pray. And if there's an area where we need a lot of help, mm-hmm. it's prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he says the Spirit helps our infirmities because we don't know to pray, what to pray for as we ought. We don't even know what to pray for sometimes mm-hmm. when we're in a situation. But the Holy Spirit is in us to intercede for us when we're not even sure how to pray through a matter. The Holy Spirit is, he is groaning in us mm-hmm. and interceding to the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of us. And that's such a blessing mm-hmm. as in our prayer life. So, dear friends, what's your favorite verse in Romans chapter 8? If you'd like to call us and share, that's 929-333-3739. Our phone lines are open. Or if you would like to pray tonight, maybe you are feeling under condemnation. Mm. Maybe you are feeling you need help with prayer. 
Maybe you are feeling that you don't have a sense of identity. Or maybe you're not grasping the power of the Holy Spirit that can be at work in you. These are some of the beautiful verses that Romans 8 covers. So if you want us to pray with you about these or any other matter, please call us right now at 929-333-3739. So Micah, just as we begin now in Romans chapter 8, Verse 1 really lays out the theme of our study and really a key theme of this chapter, that there is no condemnation Mm -hmm. to those who are in Christ. So let's just talk for a moment about what exactly this means Mm -hmm. to make make understanding sure on this. Yeah, well, when we look at the verse in the English, you know, the first couple words, there is therefore now. So what what Paul is telling us is based on everything that I just said before, you know, in chapter seven, now I'm going to give you a larger point. And when we look back at that previous section, Pastor, as you mentioned, you know, he, he ended it by saying, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death following with the answer, Jesus Christ, of course. So Because the law, mentioned so often in chapter 7, couldn't save us from sin, Jesus had to do it, and he did it perfectly and completely. And therefore now, there is no more condemnation. So we have escaped the condemnation and the judgment of sin, and we now stand guiltless in Christ. Um, Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3.18 that all of humanity is either in one camp, the condemned, or Mm. the other. He said, he that believeth on him is not condemned, But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So this is just such a great way to start out this chapter, knowing that in the original, as Paul was writing this letter, there were no chapters and verses. And and Stephanie and and Dr. Hani, isn't that, that's, that's, the the world finds offense in that, Mm -hmm. that we're saying that those who are not in Christ are under condemnation because mm-hmm. that's yeah. what the Bible yeah. says that's here. What Jesus clearly, said, uh-huh. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Himself said, "He that believeth on Him is not condemned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he that believeth not is condemned already, already. Mm-hmm. because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God." Mm-hmm. Now, how, how is is that not offensive to the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. Like for me, like it, as soon as you said that, I thought when you say there's only one way, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus yeah. is the way, the truth, and the life, and that's it. Like that's kind of what I'm thinking of. And for those who are not believing in Jesus, we don't say this to drive you away. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think some people might hear that and just say, I'm turning that off right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. But we're not saying that to drive you away, but we have to speak the truth in love. And we say that to draw you to say, Come to Christ, yeah. <laughs> because only in Him, because He's the one who bore your condemnation, as we'll see. Mm-hmm. Did you want to add, Stephanie? And I also noticed, Pastor, that the name Jesus Christ, it's very offensive. And, you know, you can talk about God, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You talk yeah. to people about Allah, mm-hmm. Buddha, Muhammad, and they're fine with it, mm-hmm. you know. They don't say anything. But once you mention Jesus is the only way, yeah. you yes. know, for, yeah. to for salvation mm-hmm. then you know you get very some of them violent mm-hmm. <laughs> response right, right, to the yeah. name so there's yeah. something about that name that just maybe because bothers. they know that the name of jesus is a narrow way and 
then they have the attitude, who are you to make, who, who are you to think you're right and right. everyone else is wrong? Amen. And that, that is the attitude of that, of many religious people and that all religions are the same, but all religions are not the same. No. The, the faith of Jesus Christ is absolutely unique from all the religions of the world, dear friends. And he said he is the resurrection and the life and no man comes to the father, but through him. And that's why Paul says, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Mm. And Jesus says, those who have not believed are condemned already. So being in Christ changes our entire life as we no longer seek to walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. And we're going to see that we have in Christ an absolutely new walk that we can walk worthy of the Lord. So we're going to go to a song. We're going to invite our listeners to call if they need prayer in any way, or if you have questions about our church, come visit us at Heritage Baptist Church. Go to our website at hbcnyc.org. And here's a beautiful song about how we can and must and ought to walk worthy in the Lord. Give us a call right now, 929-333-3739. who walk worthy of the Lord do not walk after the flesh but after the spirit and because when those who are in Christ are in him he changes the desires and directions so that's what we're going to see this evening as we look in Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 4 there's no condemnation in Christ and what we're going to see now first of all is that Christ 
has set us free. He is a liberator, is he not, Esther? For according to Romans chapter 8, verse 2, we see that Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. So how has he done that? And what is Paul speaking of there? So when I think of this question of being um, set free, I think the word position of being in Christ, like you said before, and, and some of us have already said it, it's key here. When we become saved, we are placed into union with Christ mm-hmm. so that now we are in Christ. Mm. So Jesus Christ himself fulfilled the Mosaic law perfectly and precisely. Mm-hmm. And then he bore the curse and judgment of all sinners upon himself. He set us free for an eternity. So Christ took, him, took upon himself the full penalty, not the partial penalty, but the full penalty of all sinners. Mm-hmm. So like it says in verse 1, then there is no condemnation to anyone who are in him. Mm-hmm. So Christ has already suffered and is risen now, and we are in him. So that is our position, and we are risen from the dead spiritually. Amen. Amen. And, and let us be clear as well where it says he set us free, made us free from the law of sin and death. That is the Mosaic law going back to Romans chapter 7, where he says we are delivered from the law. We're delivered from a law that no one could keep Mm -hmm. except Jesus Christ himself. Mm -hmm. And so when he kept the law and we are in him, as we'll see later as well, God sees us as if we've kept the law Mm -hmm. and he sets us free from that law and places us under a higher law where it says the law of the spirit of life so that we're not under the mosaic law also does not mean that we're lawless right yes. okay micah yeah you know as paul speaks about these two different laws i naturally think about a legal proceeding in a courtroom and the rare event where one ruling actually gets overturned so like so many other times in romans paul's words they they transport us back to genesis 3 where adam and eve stood in for all mankind and were condemned in a spiritual court of sorts by disobeying their Heavenly Father, just as each one of us would have if we were in their place. And there was no advocate in that original trial, only the promise of his coming, the seed of the woman. And now, in Paul's day, as he's writing, the advocate, Jesus Christ, had come. And because of his work on the cross, the ruling of condemnation has been overturned for those of us who believe and receive the advocate himself. The punishment has actually been fulfilled. So the law of the spirit of life, it now takes precedence over the law of sin and death. Amen. Yes, Stephanie, would you like to add to that? Um, I was looking up the word condemnation because what does it really mean? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I was studying it. It said you're no no longer under the sentence of the law. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a very judicial yeah. uh, term mm. that you yeah. know a judge sets yeah. you free from judgment. Yeah, yeah. it's the idea so, of being coming under judgment. Yeah. Yeah. So we are those of us who receive the Lord Jesus. We are no longer under the sentence of the law. We're free. Mm. I think that's also what yeah. he meant on the cross when he says that tell us tie it's done it's mm-hmm. finished mm-hmm. amen right yeah mm-hmm. and amen. it's it's a higher law that set us free so it's like two laws colliding here so we have the law of the spirit of life in Christ has me, set me free from the law of sin and death so it's two laws colliding mm-hmm. and when two laws collide the more powerful law wins. Mm. So that happens every time we get into an airplane, for example, right? Mm. That we're, we live under the law of gravity. But when we're in an airplane and then we're in this higher law of, what do you call it? 
power and engine thrust, mm. that law overcomes the law of gravity. Mm. And so the only law that overcomes this law of sin and death, because that's what we all are. As you mentioned, Micah, by birth in Adam, by being children of Adam mm-hmm. and born in sin and shaped in iniquity, the only way we can be set free from this law is the powerful law of Jesus Christ and his life. Mm. Amen. So, dear friends, believe in Jesus. Amen. Come to him. So, Stephanie, the question then is, are we really free? How are we free? And does that mean we're free to just do whatever we want to do? Okay, so let's talk about this freedom where he says that we're free from the law of sin and death. What exactly are we free from? Um, Jesus said in John 8, 30, verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And verse 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, mm-hmm. ye shall be free indeed. Mm-hmm. Jesus frees us from the captivity and control of sin so that we are free to walk in the Spirit and not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Those who have accepted the truth in Jesus, that he is Lord and Savior, personally and experientially are free indeed. Christian liberty is not freedom to do what we want, but Mm. freedom to do what we ought with the power of the Holy Spirit operating in us. Uh, Paul in Romans 6 verses 1 and 2 said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And he went down on uh, to say down in verses 12 and 13, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, Mm -hmm. that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those... Um, are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And that is true freedom. Yes. Amen. Yes. Micah? You know, I was having a conversation after our service with a couple in our church and they, you know, they're pretty much experts on Islam and the Muslim religion. And, you know, they were saying that, you know, the entire West, all of America, but really even just the Western world is viewed as Christian. You know, they think of it as Christian. And so they see the immorality in America, Mm. you know, the advertisement, the billboards, the music, the entertainment. And they see it all and they and they view that as Christian, which is such a shame. But this idea that Christians could just do whatever they want to do because they think, oh, I'm forgiven. You know, and, and Paul said you, the, the verse that you quoted in uh, the beginning of Romans six, you know, Paul said that multiple times in this book. You know, yeah. so then the question, are we really free? It's an interesting one because, you know, no, we no longer serve sin. But we've spoken before in this series about how we actually exchanged masters. So our master was sin and death. And now our master is Jesus Christ. So. People like James, Jude, and Peter, they all call themselves servants of Jesus, and the Greek word that they use is doulos, which means bondservant. So we're actually bondservants of Jesus Christ, but then we have to understand that there is freedom in being the bondservant of Jesus Christ because he's the one who loves us the most. He's the one who knows what's best for us. And so in service to him, that is true freedom. And I'll just read. um, Yeah, absolutely. Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, 722 when talking to both slaves and freemen within the new Christian community he said for he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man likewise he who is called while free 
is Christ's slave. So for me, what this verse does is it it shows us that in Christianity, there's a defiance of all earthly definitions. You know, so yeah. so freedom, slavery, those definitions are out the window. We we are bond servants and we're free. Mm-hmm. And I like what Paul said also in Galatians five eighteen, where he says, "But if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under." the law. Mm-hmm. Now again, some people say, well, that makes no sense. If you're not under the law, you can do whatever you want. No, we're not under the Mosaic law. We're under a higher law, mm-hmm. the law of the Spirit. And that's why he also says in the very verse before that, you cannot do the things that you would yeah. because we're walking in the Spirit. Yeah. So we don't just do the things that the flesh would. No, we do the, it, this, this higher law leads us to walk in the Spirit. So for example, it's wrong to steal. Mm-hmm. Some people are addicted to theft, however. Mm-hmm. But when you you come to Christ, he sets you free from stealing. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I respect you and the property that you own, and I'm not going to take what's yours. I respect you, and that's what we call loving your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So now, in Christ... Mm-hmm. I am free to love you mm. and not steal your stuff. And, you know, and we could talk about all those other areas of sin. So it's the freedom to do what we ought to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. and to do it in love. Yeah. And just to add to the love part, when you love someone, you're going to be joyful at it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that freedom mm-hmm. will not feel like a restriction. Yeah. Right. And right. you're being yeah. strangled, but that it's actually joyful as you're as you're living out that freedom. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's let's move on now into verse 3. And so there's no condemnation. Christ has set us free. That's liberation. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the great liberator. And then we see, number two, Christ has taken our place. Mm-hmm. And a well-known Bible teacher, I believe he has a program on this radio show, and many of our leaders, uh, listeners would be familiar with John MacArthur. And in his commentary on Romans... John MacArthur writes, quote, that Romans chapter 8, verse 3, is perhaps the most definitive and succinct statement of the substitutionary atonement to be found in Scripture. And that's what verse 3 is really telling us, that Christ has taken our place. He is our perfect substitution for sin. So, Micah, in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, how does Paul emphasize the sinlessness of Christ so powerfully that leads us into him being able to be our substitute. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to back up and just ask this big question. What is the solution for man's sin problem? And it's a problem that started with one man, Adam, who was created directly by God with no inherent sin nature. You know, and when Adam disobeyed God and fell into sin, he then passed his sin nature down, as you said earlier, Pastor, to all future generations of children. And we've discussed on this program before how the sin nature was passed through the father. So I got my sin nature from my dad. He got it from his dad. So a list of rules, the Mosaic law, while wonderful in many ways, it could never be the solution for the sin problem. The only solution could be another man born without a sin nature who could solve the problem, enter Jesus Christ. And this is where Paul, without mentioning the specific words virgin birth, speaks about the virgin birth. Jesus Christ was sent down, quote, in the likeness of sinful flesh, meaning although he appeared just like any other sinful human, he was with, without the sin nature. You know, he was not born of a human father. And only a man thus described could take away our sin and finally solve the sin problem. Paul's case is watertight and it's perfectly argued. 
Yeah, what an amazing statement of Paul where it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. In other words, our flesh cannot keep in obedience to the law. We'll mm-hmm. all fall short yeah. of the glory of God and break the law. But it says God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. There's the substitution that he condemned sin in the flesh because he took on, and that is an amazing statement, the mm-hmm. likeness mm-hmm. of sinful flesh. So he took on sinless flesh. Mm-hmm. He was without sin, although he just looked, he looked just like us in our sinful flesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, what's amazing too about this is every word of scripture is important because if, if, Paul left out that one word, sinful, and, and he, it would say that God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful, or, or I'm sorry, if he didn't, if he didn't put the word likeness, likeness. Uh-huh. It would, he, he sent his own son in sinful flesh. Yeah, yeah. So the one word likeness <laughs> yeah. changes everything, mm-hmm. you know, and so this is why every word in scripture is vitally important. Amen. Any other comments about that? Mm -hmm. Did you want to, Stephanie, uh, Dr. Hahn, say anything in addition to that? Okay. (laughs) So just making sure here. And so, uh, Dr. Hahn, as we move on in Romans chapter 8, and as we meditate upon this and look to see what Jesus did for us on the cross, in verse 3, and especially the second part of verse 3, how does his grace move us to not practice sin? but rather yield our body to him in service and love to him. Oh, so what comes to mind is that Christ, just like you said, knew no sin, and he became sin for us, mm. right? And like you said, um, he, be- he became the likeness, right, <clears throat> of sinful flesh. And because of the evil of sin, the Lord Jesus suffered um, all the condemnation mm-hmm. that the sinners of the world just all of us deserved, yeah. mm-hmm. and there is no condemnation upon us because it all fell upon him. Mm. So then you ask yourself, as I see how Jesus condemns sin in the flesh, how can I sin? You also ask yourself, as I see the pain on his face for my sins, of which now I'm ashamed, how can I continue in sin? As I see his bloodstained body and brow for my bitter thoughts and evil deeds, how can I sin? I can't. And like I said before, if I am his true child, mm. you can't sit. Mm. So this came really true. This imagery came really true to me many years ago. I had slapped someone in the face that I cared about a lot. And when I went home and I prayed and repented about it, um, the image of Jesus on the cross with a crown of thorns saying to me, hit me instead. Just I just broke down. Mm. And from that point, I have never wanted to hit anybody nor have I hit anyone, because even now as I sit here, that image is so powerful of the image of Christ with a, with thorns on his head just saying, hit me instead. Mm, right? yeah. All the sin that I wanted to commit, he said, just do it to him. Yeah, and I think of our brother in our church, George, and he gives his testimony and said, you know, when he was in prison and praying over the scripture and and he had a vision and he saw that he was nailing putting the nails into the cross and nailing Jesus to the cross. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, we that's what our sin did, yeah. is that it drove the nails into his hands and into his feet. 
And this is why the grace of Jesus Christ is the most powerful incentive, if you will, for mm-hmm. us not to sin. Mm-hmm. It's not just a rule. It's not just a law. It's our sins nailed him to the cross. Yeah. Our sins spat upon his face. Mm-hmm. Our sins jammed that crown of thorns upon his head. Mm-hmm. Our sins blindfolded him and punched him and said, who is it that, that hit you? You know, so... And so when we realize what our sins caused Jesus to go through, it should lead us not to sin, mm-hmm. dear friends. And that's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love Philippians chapter 2, if I could just read this passage, because it relates to Romans 8, where it says in Philippians 2 verse 7, that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it is this Savior whom God sent in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin and bore the wrath of God for all of us. And so, dear friends, if you need Jesus or if you have been sinning against his love and God is convicting you right now and you need to repent, as Dr. Hahn, thank you for sharing that very personal testimony of slapping someone and feeling so guilty about it and you realize that Jesus delivers you from that. I know there's listeners out there who have done things along that line, abusive things, worse things, using drugs and alcohol, cursing, going against God's will. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Come to Jesus. He will forgive you. He is gracious and full of love. He will fully forgive you because... He was condemned for you. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Micah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, once we do go through that experience, like, you know, as you said, George went through that experience and then he became saved. You know, that was part of his salvation journey. You know, once we're saved, in order to follow Jesus, you know, he says that we have to take up our crosses daily and follow him. Mm-hmm. And another way of saying that is that we have to imitate him and walk in his footsteps. We do this because he saved us by his grace and because we love him. And since Jesus surrendered and submitted his physical body to the Father, we too must submit literally our physical bodies to God, not necessarily in death, but part of that submission to God means that we do not use our bodies to sin any longer. And I love how Paul says it later in the same book of Romans in chapter 12, verse 1. You know, he says we have to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So that is part, you know, our our, our duty to live a life that is pleasing to him is part of following in his footsteps. Amen. 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 So let's move into now uh, verse number 4. So we're looking in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4 tonight, dear friends. There's no condemnation in Christ. We said, first of all, Christ has set us free. He has given us liberation. Number two, we said Christ has taken our place. He is our perfect substitution. And now, number three, we see Christ has given us righteousness. 
righteousness. We become righteous in God's sight through faith in Jesus Christ. This is our justification. So, Stephanie, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 4, when we believe in Christ, how does God see us according to that verse? Um, that the righteousness of the law be fulfilled in us, that we are fully justified. Mm. The righteousness of the law finds its fulfillment for those who walk in him, who kept the law. Why? Because Jesus was perfectly obedient and righteous to the law. And now that we are in union with him, God looks at us uh, with righteousness of Christ. Mm -hmm. Through Adam came condemnation. And then Christ came. His sacrifice on the cross is the free gift that resulted in justification or righteousness. His righteous act resulted in the condemnation passing over us because God the Father sees his perfect, sinless son's ultimate sacrifice that satisfied the requirement of the law, which is perfection. And in Romans 7:12, Pastor, if uh, may I read it? It says, "Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good." I mean, the the law is good and holy. The pr mm. problem is, it does not produce righteousness in us. Mm -hmm. It can never produce anything good because our flesh is hostile to God and can never obey the law of God. But only through the Holy Spirit living in us. Can, we can live a life pleasing to God, a righteous living that reflects Christ, Amen. who God the Father sees when he looks at those who have put their faith in his Son, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We no longer have to live in shame and guilt, like Micah said, and thanks to our Lord's great love for us. Amen. That's mm -hmm. right. Justification is God declares the believing sinner absolutely righteous and innocent in his sight. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, since Jesus took our place in our punishment, as Stephanie just said, we are now in him, and we have a new standing with the Father, and uh, that's reflected in this, and the righteousness of the law is actually fulfilled in us. It's hard to believe, but it's fulfilled in us by Jesus. And we can go back to this idea of adoption as sons, as Dr. Hahn talked about earlier in the program. You know, when a child is adopted, their entire identity changes. You know, they now have new parents, new families, a new name. Um, actually, when we were down in Brazil, we encountered a family where they had one adopted daughter and another daughter. And, you know, you couldn't tell the difference. You know, none of us could tell the difference which daughter was the birth daughter mm -hmm. and which one was biological, which one wasn't. Um, and none of that is based on the child's action. You know, they may, if they're old enough, they may accept and agree to be adopted. But in many cases, you know, the child has no choice in the matter. And the sure. change is based solely on the action of the parent. So we now have this new identity in Christ as we are adopted as sons, taking on his righteousness based on what he did for us. Amen. Amen. Dr. Hahn? Yeah. Um, while we were in Brazil, um, we were actually talking about the the full armor of God in Ephesians 6. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the breastplate of righteousness to, to children, we were saying, oh, you know, what does that mean, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so what it is is that that righteousness, the, the lesson said, it's Jesus' righteousness. Yeah. So when God sees that soldier in that armor of God, they see the righteousness of Jesus upon you. And so it was a nice visible thing to share to the, to the children 
It's like, mm-hmm. oh, when, when God sees you, he sees Jesus upon you. Mm-hmm. And then you can be fully armed with the armor of God, with the sword of the Spirit. But you first put on the, the, the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Mm-hmm. And you know, for dear Jewish friends out there, understand this. What we're saying really is that God gave a law through Moses, the Mosaic Law, the Old Covenant. And Jesus Christ came in the flesh and kept it completely mm-hmm. and fulfilled that perfect righteousness of the law as no one else ever could possibly do. And so that's ultimately what we're talking about here, where it says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. And I want to just give two other like meanings to highlight that word fulfilled. Fulfilled has the idea of to give the truest meaning. So the righteousness of the law the the truest meaning of the of the one who fulfills the righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us because of Jesus Christ not because we're righteous mm-hmm. but because we have his righteousness as Dr. Han just said we have his breastplate of righteousness and another another way this word is used in the new testament paul uses it the word fulfilled in philippians 4:18 where he says i am full in other words, I am fully supplied. I am fully satisfied. I am fully content. And so the idea of being fulfilled there is that Jesus Christ has completely fulfilled, fully supplied the obedience of the law. And then God looks at us mm-hmm. as Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a Old Testament picture of this in Zechariah chapter 3 where uh, Zechariah, the Old Testament prophet, he's having this vision, and he sees Joshua, the, the high priest at that time, in Jerusalem. And it says in Zechariah 3, verses 3 and 4, Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, yeah. I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. So it's so interesting to me, even just in the name, you know, Joshua, Yehoshua in the Hebrew, that's the same name as Jesus. So it's this this person who's standing there, the high priest, he's standing in for all the people of Israel. And, and, and in this vision, Zechariah sees where they say, take away the filthy garments and give him my garments, the garments of righteousness. And mm. It's such a beautiful picture that yeah. we then see fulfilled in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, there's a very powerful verse to me too, in 1 John 4:17, where John simply writes, as he is, as Jesus is, mm. and he uses the present right now, as he is, so are we in this world. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can make sense of that is just say grace. It's the grace of God. I could never deserve to to be looked upon in this world now as Jesus is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yet that's yeah. what God does yeah. when we're in him. Mm-hmm. And it's all about being in him. When mm-hmm. we're in him as he is, so are we right now yeah. in this world. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's fabulous. If you're not a Christian, we definitely encourage you to be one because there's no <laughs> other life. There's no other way. Amen. Give us a call, 929-333-3739. 929-333-3739, dear friends. So lastly, Micah, we're saying tonight there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ. And 
And so we've looked at how Christ has given us righteousness, that's justification, he's taken our place, that's substitution, he's set us free, that's liberation. Lastly, we see he gives us a new walk. Jesus Christ has given us a new walk, and this is transformation. Right in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, where it says, we walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So this is kind of repeated from verse 1. So how does Paul describe this? What, is, what does this mean now, mm-hmm. that we walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Does that mean that we're perfect? I guess that's one question that I have. And, and is this talking about some kind of an inner transformation? Mm. Yeah, well, to walk after the spirit, it's only possible because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. So just like Jesus promised he would to his disciples at the Last Supper, you know, he has sent the Comforter. He has sent the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit. And it only makes sense then that mm. having the spirit of Jesus Christ inside us would change us. You know, there are things of the flesh that thrill non-believers. They thrilled us when we were non-believers that would only bring guilt and shame to us now, guilt and shame to the believer. And then on the flip side, the things of the Lord, which bring us so much joy, often look like foolishness to the world. Like I'm thinking about we're, we're gearing up here as a church to go to Bible camp this weekend, you know, and we're going to have a ton of fun. It's going to be good, clean, family fun. <laughs> You know, while we're there and it's going to look the opposite of what, you know, your average New Yorker does on the weekends. So the things that, you know, it's going to bring us a lot of joy. But, you know, to some people who are unsaved, you know, they're going to look at us like that's fun to you. Yeah. Uh, But we have a great time. And, you know, I've experienced both. So I can tell you um, this is what brings me joy. You know, and when you compare that to, you know, what what we have now, having the spirit of Jesus inside us, it transforms lives and transforms our desires. And you said this morning in your sermon, Pastor, that idea of transformation and even the word used in some cases, it's the same word as when Jesus was transfigured. Transfigured. So there's something, it's a radical change. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. You know, and when you were talking about the the past and the present, you know, walking in the flesh, I remember just as a as a young person growing up, yeah, just getting high and getting drunk and just doing the things of the flesh. That's walking in the flesh. Yeah. And then when I became saved, I went to somebody's house and we were playing the silliest game, Pit. You know, you <laughs> ring a bell and you start yelling, barley, barley, rye, rye, wheat, wheat. And you're you're like trading for these different things. And, and you're just like making all this noise and having fun and laughing. I'm like, wow, you don't have to get drunk to have fun. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Dr. Hahn, did you want to share something? Um, yeah, we were going to talk about the transformation. And I was going to bring up the transfiguration also. But isn't it amazing? Like, that's how the transformation inside us happens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this transfiguration because of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then kind of continuing on from what I was talking about uh, regarding kind of this everyday 60 days, like using the word to help that inner transformation of your your mind and renewal of your mind, it's a sanctification process. And like you said today, Pastor, it's a daily process with the word. And that's like the walking in the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. You're walking, mm-hmm. and it ha- it's a step in front of a foot, one right in front of the other. Yeah. And it has to kind of look like that all the time. Amen. Stephanie, to- last word. Uh, I just want to add that through the Holy Spirit, we can obey the Lord to please Him in our daily living. We can overcome our enemies, Satan, the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Mm-hmm. That con- that's constant. These are constantly at war with our soul. And it's very comforting to know that we have an eternal ally in the Holy Spirit, an advocate who will never leave us and gives us power. Amen. Amen. Stephanie, thank you for being with us. Micah, Dr. Hahn, thank you for being here tonight. And there are listeners out there this evening. 
you're going to follow in Stephanie's steps. Amen. You're going to come and visit our church. Full circle. And then, Lord willing, one day you will be sitting right here with us as a guest with us talking and sharing the Word of God. So visit us at Heritage Baptist Church this Sunday. Check us out online at hbcnyc.org and come on to 490 Hudson Street. Good night. God bless you, everyone. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.